Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The first anniversary of January 6, 2021. One year ago today, in this sacred place, democracy was attacked. Simply attacked. There's still a lot we do not know about Omicron. Booster shots are free, they're safe, and available. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views. Political trivia today, by the way. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, unusual distinctives is your category. Yeah, by the way, uh, get ready. It's going to get cold over the next couple of nights. Tomorrow's high is in the 30s. Tomorrow night is going to get into the 20s. So uh, get ready. It's coming. Winter will be here. Although... Sundays back in the sixties, but it's dry and cold, right? It's cold, cold but dry. So no, no thread of uh, white stuff. I tell you what, if as we prepare for these um, programs, we visit dozens of sites, look at dozens of stories. <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, everything today was uh, January sixth. Uh, frankly, it, it sickened me. Mm. Um, the, the, you gotta hand it to the Democrats. And of course they've got the mainstream media in their pocket, but, uh, boy, they have, uh, they have gotten what they want. They put this thing together. You know, it was orchestrated by them just as, you know, the whole Russia collusion thing was put together by them. Uh, the whole, you know, we're going to go after Donald Trump, the Mueller's investigation, the impeachments. I mean, it has been one thing after another. You've got to hand it to them. Um, they, uh, they don't give up. Uh, I, I think their desperation is pretty evident, though. They, they know they're going to get shellacked if they don't do something. And, and again, the hypocrisy and the things that were said today, and Frank, the idiotic comments that were said today. I mean, we were just saying before we went on the air, Kamala Harris comparing January 6th of 2021 to Pearl Harbor <laughs> and 9/11 and 9/11 yeah <laughs> now what an insult to both the servicemen and families who lost their lives in Pearl Harbor but even more recently 9/11 I mean we we still have I mean well everyone who lost their lives in 9/11 they have family members I mean immediate family members still living and the pain is still real and strong and this idiot i'm sorry i know she's the vice president but it's it's unbelievable that her iq is that low that she would make such a ridiculous insulting comparison it's insulting to the first responders well i've said before i i think vice president harris is a mental lightweight i mean that just that's I mean, she's proven that time and time again. You know, they don't write their own speeches. Someone with on her team, someone – I mean, her speech today was cleared through everybody on the Democrat side without a doubt. And these political operatives and people high up in the Democrat Party, they are mental heavyweights. May disagree with them, but they they're they're pretty smart cookies. I mean really. Well I as mean, compared to Kamala. The, maybe. Pu- the pull off some of the stuff they pull off, they're pretty smart cookies. I think they planted that. I, I'm telling you, I think there's something within they're they're gonna get rid of Harris. There's absolutely no way 
anybody should compare January 6th to September 11th or Pearl Harbor. And she didn't write it herself. Someone else put in it. I, I think they're trying to take her down. I mean, it's just. Uh, well, uh, I, I agree with the, the lightweight, but here's the problem, though. She, if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, I mean, it's a problem not for the Republicans, it's a problem for the Democrats. They are the face of the Democratic Party. Well, uh, they are. Um, and but, it doesn't make the whole the whole party looks like idiots. But the, I don't think they will be in 24 months. <laughs> Daily Wire is reporting Joe Biden today, of course, the one year anniversary of the uh, U.S. Capitol um situation uh riot i mean there are a lot of people out there in in numerous publications that are calling it a riot there was some things that took place that were riotous mm-hmm. uh, certainly the uh, young woman who was shot and killed by the uh, capitol police officer that would go within the parameters of riot i guess but uh, the vast majority of the people were just wandering around in the capitol should have they been there Probably not. I, I mean, although it is the, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. it's fair to say it's the people's building. Um, the, uh, But there's certainly plenty of evidence of police officers just letting people stroll in. And there's numerous, you know, there's probably hours of, of uh, collectively of, of video of people just wandering around taking selfies of themselves. Nonetheless, Joe Biden gave a speech. Um he never mentioned Trump by name, but he did mention the former president numerous times. The former president of the United States, he said, of America, has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. Biden said he's done so because he values power over principle, because he sees his own interest more important than his country's interest and America's interest, and because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our constitution. That is rather uh, rich, <laughs> that Joe. Is, that is really rich, considering uh, Hillary Clinton, the entire Democrat Party, for four years did not accept the election. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean started you know, talking about overthrowing the government. They tried to overthrow the pre- the president's office for four years. Well, listen, listen. Go, go to cut two. This is Joe Biden running for the presidency in 2020. He is uh, confronted by a woman who absolutely thinks Donald Trump's the worst thing, and he's not the legitimate president. Listen to Joe's Biden. Joe Biden's response to this woman. This was again uh, about two years ago. He is an illegitimate president in my Ooh. mind. And we're going to be stuck for six more years with this guy. And that is terrifying. It's terrifying. Would you be my vice president for Canada? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. So he agrees that he was mm. an illegitimate president. Mm. Uh, Kamala Harris, she herself was on um, the radio show up in New York. And uh, once again, uh, and this was in um, 2020, four years after Donald Trump was elected president. Elections matter. When you win an election, you get to set the rules. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. So, again, as a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, I will tell you that we should believe exactly what the intelligence community has told us which is Russia did interfere in the election of the president of the United States in 2016. 
Yeah, remember all the Russian collusion accusations? This guy's not a legitimate president, speaking of Trump, because the Russians elected him. And, of course, now, years later, we find out, yeah, there was Russian collusion. It was called uh, the fake dossier that Hillary Hillary Clinton paid for. Uh, but, But somehow that part of the story just sort of dissipates and disappears. But but again, this was four years. This is in the fourth year of Trump's presidency, and both Biden and Kamala Harris. Oh, he's not a legitimate president. Speaking of Trump, the president went on to condemn the Capitol rioters, their disregard for the rule of law, saying you can't obey the law only when it's convenient. Uh, the Washington Examiner writes exactly, but that's also what his party encouraged throughout the summer of 2020 when they justified and endorsed rioting in the wake of George Floyd's murder. Hundreds of businesses were burned to the ground. Police officers were physically attacked. The government property was defaced and in some cases destroyed. The nature of that cause does not justify levels of violence activity going on far beyond what happened at the Capitol one year ago. Bingo. I think most people not blinded by partisanship believe that election integrity matters and that all political violence is wrong, but the Democratic Party sees with the idea that democracy is under threat only when it's politically convenient. They'll spread election lies about Trump and uh, Abrams, but they complain when Trump turns around and says something they say is a lie. Then they'll excuse or turn a blind eye to violent leftist rioters who attack federal buildings for an entire summer, but complain when violent right-wingers follow suit. So Biden can save his lecture and perhaps do a bit of self-reflection while he's at it, the Capitol riot didn't just happen in a vacuum. Biden's party, with its years of election conspiracy theorizing and the months of encouraging violent rioting, set the stage for January 11th. They, like Trump, must own their part of it. Uh, Well said (laughs) by the Washington Examiner. Yeah, you know, and even now... um the whole Russian collusion BS that was spouted by the Democrats. We just heard Kamala Harris talking about that. The mainstream media just fed that and fed that. Even now, the mainstream media, <laughs> and of course, they don't put it on front page, but they, they've had story after story. Oh, yeah. With you know, New York Times being one of the most recent ones, that basically, at the end of the day, that was all a hoax. And it was a hoax. And, and, and what's so bad about it? They knew it was hoax. This mess about intelligence agents, there was corruption in the FBI that we should be getting the bottom of that instead of this nonsense of calling this. And I, I can disagree with you a little bit about January 6th. I, I could call January 6th a riot just because there was there was some riots that took place. Well, but, yeah, but 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 not compare it when you compare it to what they're saying about the true riots. Oh no, from a year ago when they were burning down uh, cities and they're calling those peaceful protests. Not anywhere close, but it, but it certainly is not a deadly insurrection, which is I, I've heard that oh, all yeah. day long. And the only person that died that day, well, two people died that day. One was shot by Capitol police, and the other one was trampled to death. Um, out, out away from the Capitol. That's the only people that died. And, and Nancy Pelosi wants that moment of silence for those who lost their lives on the January 6th. I mean, the, 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 the fictitious narrative that they're putting forth, I mean, it's just, it's, and that's being kind. They're just 
out and out bald faced lies that they're pro- uh, putting forth. And look, there was some stuff that went on that shouldn't happen. Those people should be prosecuted. Um, well, they should be prosecuted, but they're not even facing. Uh, they're not being given the opportunity to plead their case. Well, they're locked up in jail somewhere. Well, the thing about it is, every person that's pled guilty so far. <laughs> It, it hasn't been for sedition or for insurrection or anything like that. It's been for assaulting police officers, damage to property, and think, which right. none of that's right. They should be. But right. this whole narrative of you know taking over a deadly insurrection, taking over democracy, an attack on democracy, I can tell you right this, and you can disagree with it or agree with it, but if you're a Republican— and you're elected office or you're running for office, and you're not standing up and say this is nonsense the way it's been said, then you don't have my vote and no one else should vote for him. Well, listen, you've got what you just said, and then Joe Biden says that, um, uh, talking about Donald Trump, uh, the fact that he wants to destroy our Constitution. Victor David Hansen had a great piece out today, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he's, you know, he's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is it who's trying to federalize election laws in national elections contrary to the Constitution? Who wishes to repeal or circumvent ele- the Electoral College contrary to the Constitution? Who wishes to destroy the more than 180-year-old Senate filibuster, uh, the over 150-year-old nine-justice Supreme Court system? Now, those two things aren't in, in the Constitution, but it certainly is how we've run our country for the last 180 years, 150 years. Who was attacking the founding constitutional idea of two senators per state? The Constitution also clearly states that when the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside. Who slammed through the impeachment of former President Donald Trump without presiding uh, the presiding Chief Justice? Never had a president been either impeached twice or tried in the Senate as a private citizen. Who did both? The left further uh, broke prior precedent by impeaching Trump without a special counsel's report, formal hearings, witnesses, and cross-examination. So who exactly is violating federal civil rights legislation? Who is destroying our democracy? Okay, I mean, compare all those things take a look at what chuck schumer wants to do with hr1 or hr4 we talked about that with uh, earlier this week with hans von spikowski i mean you talk about destroying the democracy what happened a year ago on january the 6th is nothing compared to hr1 absolutely and, and in today's speeches by various democrats they are dovetailing this ridiculous um you know it, it, they're really treating it as a celebration. I mean, you can say what they want to. They're treating it as a celebration, but they're dovetailing all these ridiculous comments right into HR one and oh yeah, they call it voters' yeah. rights and all this protecting our democracy. And it's I, destroying I'm, our democracy. And I'm telling you, if you don't see it, uh, if you don't see it out there, uh, what they're trying to do uh, after after today, I don't think I will. I couldn't consider even voting for any Democrat ever if you support this ridiculous Well, mess. unfortunately, I, I, I hope and pray that people's eyes are opened. But, boy, this, this is exactly what they want. I mean, the, the, they have set this up, and, you know, this is a fine-tuned orchestra. It's uh, choreographed exactly like they want it. Uh, the media is helping out, and even some conservatives and Republicans— 
yep, are toting the mm-hmm. water. And they're, or, or they're just sitting back keeping their mouth shut because they're afraid of being canceled. Or if you're not a Republican or, or if you're not an elected Republican and, and you support Republicans, you're afraid to keep your mouth shut because, hey, perhaps you've got keys to the congressional liquor cabinet and you don't want to lose them, you know? Yep. I mean, lots more to talk about on this January the 6th. What are your thoughts? 561-8255. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. It is January the 6th. By the way, it's also National Take Down the Christmas Tree Day. Which uh, the Lamprecht family is ahead of uh, the national day. We did ours about a week ago. Uh, Taking a look at your weather forecast, a chance of showers between 9 o'clock tonight and 2 a.m., just a 30% chance. The low tonight is going to be around 32. So if that comes in and the low is around 32, will we see any white stuff? Might see some flurries, yeah. Uh, Tomorrow, a high of only 39. Lots of sunshine, though. Tomorrow night, a low of 22. Saturday called a high of 43, mostly clear Saturday night, low around 29. Sunday, however, mostly sunny with a high near 64. So if you want to get out this weekend, that is the day to do it. If you want to get out and play some golf this weekend, do it on Sunday at Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. The newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fee. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653. I'll make sure I got that right, 752-4653. 561-8255. Tom is on the line from Bellhaven. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, guys. Doing well. How are you, sir? Oh, getting frustrated and more frustrated every time I listen to the radio. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Don't get well, mad at us. We're just I, the messengers. Yeah, it's just, it's, I, know, yeah, I think the only thing deep down that's ever really going to help the country is to get term limits for senators and congressmen. Yeah, I've said that for a couple of decades now. For 30, 40, 50 years, they're not doing anything. They're not helping. Kickbacks, you know, and I know they're out there. Everybody knows they're out there. You don't go into the presidency with $3 million to your name and come out with $40 million to your name. Bingo. $400,000 a year. Yep. I mean, and, you know, if you look at what's going on in the country now, and I, I may have said this before, a lot less happened during the first Civil War that started the Civil War than what is going on right now. Yeah, and- yeah. They, they, there is uh, a, a great divide in this country, and uh, I would say that you'd have to go back to the Civil War to find uh, a, a fair comparison. I think that's that's fair. But also, we have got to get our Republican representatives off their little asses Little and start doing something. <laughs> well, some of them are. I hate to say it. They've been sucking on the government tent for so long. That and we're going to keep this PG now, Tom. Come on. <laughs> I, well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, it's just they are, 
they're not doing anything. Well, they don't care. Yeah. I don't feel like they really care. If they did, they'd be standing up and doing a lot more and quit supporting the crap that the Democrats keep putting forward. Well, and that's why you see conservatives, conservatives, when they're elected and go up there, Six years later, they're not so conservative until it's time to run for re-election. Well, we've thrown out the term all the time about, um, you know, once they get up there, they get a case of Potomac fever. But but it's really more about they get there, and they're more concerned about keeping their job versus doing their job. That's the problem. Exactly. And, and uh, I mean, you see it. it, it, it hey, the, the Democrats, they, they cer- certainly hadn't cornered the market on that. We've got plenty of Republicans the same way. I mean, just Oh, of at, course. That's the problem. And I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. And I've said this once before, and I think you guys may have disagreed with me a little bit. But the more people that come across that border, the more money we give them, all we are doing or all they are doing is buying votes. Oh, I, I think so. I, I, the only way, I, the only thing I would disagree with is I don't think that's a guarantee that all those people are, are going to necessarily vote for Democrats. But... That, uh, oh, but that is that is definitely why they're doing what they're doing. They they think it's going to buy them votes for sure. Exactly, exactly. So, Tom, anyway, I thought I would just bounce off the soundboard a little bit. Uh, I hear you. Listen, uh, keep praying for our country and uh, don't give up hope. Um, sometimes it's really dark before the dawn. Five six one eight two five five. Randy's on the line. Hey, Randy. Hey, Randy. Hey, guys. I agree a thousand percent with the previous caller. I mean, Burr and Tillis are do-nothing senators, and particularly Burr, who I know is a lame duck now, but all he did was buddy up to Mark Warner the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But they don't say anything about the midnight uh, flights of the immigrants being flown all over the country. I'd be interested to know how many flights have come into North Carolina. Yeah, I, I think that's a great um, uh, a great point. We don't know, but they're going everywhere else. I don't know why they wouldn't be coming into some of these small towns in North Carolina that have r- runways big enough to accommodate planes. Yeah. Well, I've heard they've been coming into Greensboro and Raleigh for sure, but I'm, I'm sure they some other places as well. But, but I mean, you, you hear nothing about – why aren't they speaking out about the border, the wall, the uh, – the inflation, the high inflation prices. I mean, we don't hear a damn thing from either one of our guys. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, to uh, Tom's point earlier, I mean, there's been two, two million people that's come across the border this year. <laughs> and and not to mention, you know, we're supposed to be having a pandemic right now that, you know, they don't want us to come out of our own houses, but they allow two million people come over the border without being tested and that type of thing. And they don't have to get vaccinated. And, and they're clearly looking looking at that as potential two million votes. I mean, they've seen what they've seen what runaway um, immigration and no borders has done to California. I mean, Ronald Reagan won California. Yeah. Uh, there's it's not possible for a republican to ever win california and they're looking for that to happen to texas that's what they want to happen in texas if it happens to texas uh the the union doesn't look good the state of the union's over well i think not only is it for the votes though i also think it is just to have anarchy i mean they they want the system broken they want they want to be bankrupt i mean we look at this and we say oh my goodness look what we're, we're handing our grandkids 30 trillion dollars of debt that's what they want yep they want the system to break so that they can come in and say okay see 
your form of capitalism, free enterprise, a, a, a constitutional republic, it didn't work. See, it failed. We've got to start over again. And, Let's go the Marxist way. And the ultra-wealthy and the ultra-elite, which almost always vote Democrat, um, you know, they like to say that, you know, the, the bunch of rich, white, fat cats are Republicans, but the ultra-elite rich are Democrats. And the reason why they want this, they want the system to fail because their position in the world and in life is locked in. And once it's locked in and you don't have anybody competing from below, they're never challenged. Yep. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just a fact. We, we talked about this yesterday. They're truly creating a caste system. I mean, we, it might not be legal, but it's no different than what you would see in India in terms of the caste system. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you, Randy. 561-8255. Is it Craig? Yep. Craig in Swansboro. Hey, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hey, um, uh, in light of January 6th and all the nitwittery going on in, in Washington about this, and, you know, Liz Cheney kind of carrying the banner, I... I suspect she might change parties and try to run for president as a Democrat. Uh, hey, you know, that's, that's a very interesting I, uh, thought. I, I said that very same thing in a, a text uh, to some friends yesterday or day before yesterday that uh, that was one of my three predictions was that Liz Cheney jumping parties and, and being on the ticket. I think that's got real merit. Because you stop and think about it, there are there is a small percentage, but a percentage of Republicans that would applaud that mm-hmm. and say, "Oh yeah, my yeah, vote's going to go with Liz Cheney." Oh. Yeah, it would create chaos for sure, and that's kind of what the Democrats need right now. That's how they live. That's exactly how they. That's an interesting prediction, uh, Craig. I, I I've got to hand you uh, tip my hat to you. I like that one. I mean, I don't like it. I, I, I mean, if she runs, I hope she gets decimated. And of course, here's the issue, oh, I, though. She's she's up for re-election this November. Um, if if she's a loser in her congressional race, I'm not saying it, it, that couldn't happen after she loses, but that would be a little bit more of a challenge for. Her. She's going to be primaried. Yeah, um, but, I, I think but Dylan, she could wear that. As a, yeah, she wear that as a badge of honor, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the only way that could happen, and it kind of fits into some of my other predictions, is that she changes parties, and she would never win a Democrat primary or on the ticket, switching from a Republican to a Democrat. That would never happen. But she could switch to the Democrat Party, be appointed vice president um, by a vice president that steps down. Uh, a lot of interesting predictions here, but uh, I, uh, Craig, I. Kudos to you. I like I like your thoughts. Five six one eight two five five. If you want to join us, so everyone is freaking out about people questioning the results of the twenty twenty election, and um, yet, and we've talked a little bit about this. There was a uh, poll by the Washington Post and University of Maryland. It was released last week. The poll about the twenty twenty election said sixty nine percent of respondents believe that President Joe Biden was legitimately elected president, while 29% said he was illegitimately elected. So this is just released on the 2020 election. The same poll done by the Washington Post and the University of Maryland four years ago about the 2016 election. Again, 69% believe that Joe Biden was legitimately elected president. Go back four years, that number is 57% say the same thing about Donald Trump. So you have 12 percentage points lower saying that Donald Trump was legitimately elected 
42% said he was illegitimately elected. <laughs> so again, the, the same publication, the same University of Maryland poll. And, and so, I mean, yeah, you're a little hypocritical there. Uh, remember Terry McAuliffe, he was trying to defeat uh, Glenn Youngkin. And uh, basically every step of the way, he questioned Youngkin's uh, qualifications and association with Donald Trump. He tried to accuse Yunkin of saying, okay, the, the, the uh, Yunkin thinks the 2020 election is illegitimate. Not only was uh, McAuliffe wrong about Yunkin's position on the 2020 election, McAuliffe himself was wrong about the results of the 2000 election. As the newly select chair of the DNC, McAuliffe claimed that the then President George W. Bush had not been legitimately elected and continued to say so as he campaigned for Bush's 2004 opponent, John Kerry. So again, a carry over of four years. Uh, even more uh, is how McAuliffe campaigned with Stacey Abrams, who she has never conceded that she lost the 2018 gubernatorial race. And last November, as the election loomed closer, McAuliffe even repeated Abrams' own version of the big lie, which was Abrams would be the governor of Georgia today had the governor of Georgia not disenfranchised 1.4 million Georgia voters. McAuliffe said as he introduced Abrams for the rally, that's what happened to Stacey Abrams. They took the votes away. Abrams has since announced she's running again in 2022. She'll continue with that lie. Uh, the anniversary today of the January 6th Capitol Hill riots upon us when rioters attempted to stop the counting of the votes to certify the election. Democrats and their allies in the mainstream media, they have uh, just run with this, pushed hard on it. And uh, yet, here, here's another piece of interesting evidence. Go back to January 6th, 2017. This is cut one, Clark. January 6th, 2017. This was Joe Biden trying to certify the election for Donald Trump. Credit Joe Biden. He was trying to do his job as the vice president, the same thing Mike Pence did more recently in 2020. But listen to the objections. A minimum of 11 times the Democrats came to the podium trying to see that the election would not be certified. Title III of the United States Code required that any objection be presented in writing, signed by both members of the House of Representatives and as both member of the House of Representatives and a senator. The objection is in writing, signed by a member of the House of Representatives, but uh, not yet by a member of the United States. In Senate. that case, the objection cannot be entertained. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. There is, in no Georgia and there is no debate. And if there's not signed by a senator, the objection cannot be entertained. People are horrified by the overwhelming evidence Section of 18, Russian interference Title in our election. The United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. It is over. The and grave concern. Is it signed by a United States senator? Yeah, we're seeking well, a United States senator. In that senator. case, the objection cannot be entertained. Is there a signature from a senator? There is a signature from the House of Representatives, myself, the and no signature cannot be point. received without a signature from the senator. President, I have it in writing and now seeking a signature from a United the States senator. objection cannot be received. I thank you. Despite grave concerns of the intelligence... Objection cannot be received. I do have a written uh, document with the my signature on a seeking a senator, but the Russian... The, the, the clerk will continue to call the roll. I do not wish to debate. 
I wish to ask, is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter of no debate? No, Maxine, there was not one senator that would join you. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the hypocrisy of this. And, and again, the average person out there that just gets their news from CNN or one of the networks or just reads the Washington Post, they think this has never happened before. Mm-hmm. I mean, my gosh, the, the, the Democrats did this in, in 2016, and they did it numerous times before that. This isn't the first time this has happened. I had a, actually a list of all the different dates, but they've done it probably close to a half dozen times in the last 30 years. Come on. Yeah. And and the weeks after uh, 2017, look at the riots that took place in Washington, oh, yeah. Washington D.C., burning cars. The day of the inauguration. Buildings. The yep. day of the inauguration. The day of the inauguration. That's exactly right. All right, let's lighten things up. We're going to play a little political trivia. 561-8255. Your category, Unusual Distinctives. It's going to go quick, I promise you. So our first political trivia of the new year. Give us a call. 561-8255. Political trivia when we get back. time for a little news news and views it is time for news and views and yeah. political trivia there you go um five six one eight two five five still have a couple lines open it's gonna go quick so give us a call okay five six one eight two five five the uh prize package includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at dave davis's east carolina chrysler dodge jeep or at washington chrysler dodge jeep ram a gift certificate from Fit for Life, a $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno, a $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden, a gift card to University PC Care, and a uh, Ironwood gift certificate. So remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family has won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. And uh, first up, we have Tim from Greenville. Hey, Tim. Hey, how you doing? Doing hey, well. You ready to play? Yes. All right. Here's your question. Category, Unusual Distinctives. Two former leaders of the United States, Gerald Ford and Nelson Rockefeller, hold an interesting distinctive that is unique to just these two men. What is it? Um, Repeat it one more time. Two former leaders of the United States, Gerald Ford and Nelson Rockefeller, hold an interesting distinctive that is unique to just these two men. What is it? No Googling. <laughs> no, I'm not Googling. <laughs> Give it a um, guess. Rockefeller. They were both born in New York. That is not correct. Uh, the, um, Gerald Ford was Michigan. Uh, from Michigan. He was so. a Michigan Wolverine. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Betty. Hey Betty. Hey Betty. Hi. Happy New Year. Hey, thank you. What do you think? Oh gosh, uh, I would say adopted, but I think Clinton was adopted by when his mother remarried. Okay, we're talking about Gerald Ford and Nelson Rockefeller. Clinton, yeah, and I think yeah. Gerald Ford was adopted also. Yeah. 
I, I, Gerald Ford was adopted, by the way. Yes, but that is not unique to not just it. those two. Not it. So, good guess. Um, okay. Five six one eight two five five. Who we got, uh, Clark? Five six one eight two five five. Two former leaders of the United States, Gerald Ford and Nelson Rockefeller, hold an interesting distinctive that is unique to just these two men. What is it? I thought this would have gone by now. Five six one eight two five five. Is it time for a hint? I don't think yet. All right. What do we got, uh, Clark? Let's go to Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey. Hey, Jim. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from James City. June City? James City. Oh, James, James City. City. I was going to say, I've never heard of June yeah. City in North Carolina. What do you think? Two former leaders, Gerald Ford and Nelson Rockefeller, hold an interesting distinctive that's unique to just these two men. What is it? Was it that they both held office without actually being elected? What office would that be? Uh, office of the Vice President. You've got it! You got it. Congratulations, Jim. Absolutely, yeah. Gerald Ford and Nelson Rockefeller right. are the only two men who were appointed to the office of Vice President. Ford was appointed by Nixon when Spiro Agnew resigned. Rockefeller was appointed yep. by Ford when Nixon resigned and made Ford president, leaving a void for the Vice Presidency. And by the way, what's interesting is... Um, Ford and Nelson Rockefeller were both appointed to the vice presidency one year and 13 days apart. Hmm. That was really close. Wow. Yeah. Jim, hang on. Congratulations. Uh, Clark's going to get your information. We've got a, a bunch of goodies we're going to mail out to you. So uh, hang in there. Thanks for everybody who called. Stay with us. We'll be right back. to the show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Um, yes, welcome back in. What do you got for breaking news there, Benny? Um, on Carolina Journal, breaking news, legislators seek justice Irvin's recusal in redistricting case so what's that about keith kidwell is sitting in with us and uh, he is by the way for those of you who listen to 103.7 tax talk debuts tonight so if you're listening on 96.3 switch over to 103.7 or you can go to uh, the uh, you can go to the cable seven or the wtib facebook page if you want to listen to tax talk which he and his brother proctor do every year during tax season uh welcome back welcome in congratulations uh on a uh Another year of uh, serving in Raleigh and living through it. Um, <laughs> so what do you know about what happened today and what uh, Benny just read? Well, actually, that's the first I'd heard about that. So that, that's kind of news to me as well. Uh, it's probably something that came from the think tank lawyers up in Raleigh. Uh, that, that That's something they would need to do. Uh, we had a phone call earlier that indicated that what we anticipate is regardless of what the judgment is out of today's case that they wrapped up and have to give us a decision by the 11th, it's going to end up going to the North Carolina Supreme Court eventually. Right. Uh, yeah. Very soon. Everybody figures. Soon, yeah. So. Yeah. The, the, um, the Superior Court needs to have their decision in on these electoral, these district maps uh, by the 11th, which is what, next Tuesday, I believe. Right. Tuesday. And um, so what's the situation with the legislature? Are, you know, obviously if, based on what happens to these maps uh, have you officially adjourned yet for this past session we did but we adjourned very late we we went out 
just before Christmas, and we are technically back in. So we, we were only out a very short period of time, about 20 days. And we will be back voting, I believe, on, on Wednesday, depending on what happens with the maps and so on. But I, I would anticipate it's going to be a, a big display of legal mumbo-jumbo. What's interesting to me, Tom, is the, the Dems started their lawsuits before the maps were ever drawn. We hadn't even oh, yeah. started drawing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were told there was at least four lawsuits they were bringing against the process, the actual maps themselves. And I'm just trying to wonder how you sue on something that's not even done yet. hey if there's a chance to sue and uh, advance their cause uh why 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 hesitate keith just jump in and do it tom you were talking about the the double standards and the hypocrisy of the left if it weren't for double standards they wouldn't have any (laughs) if it wasn't for low class you wouldn't have any class right so um well as, as we've talked about before the supreme court more than likely this uh three judge panel regardless of the outcome, will probably be appealed by either side. Sure will. So it will automatically go bypass the Court of Appeals and go to the Supreme Court at the Supreme Court's decision, what, weeks ago. And the Supreme Court in North Carolina is a 4-3 split with Democrats controlling uh, four of the, of the seven. And the, the, um, the, the motion filed by the legislators today for Sam Irvin to recuse himself because he is the only justice up for re-election in 2022. And they're is, sta- is that the reason? Well, they're saying they're saying decisions that he makes on the redistricting map map may impact voter turnout or other factors of the general election. Wait, wait, is the, the the North Carolina Supreme Court is a statewide office? Yep. So what what difference does it make for him? Well, I guess they're making an but argument listen, that might affect here, voter turnout. Here's, here's the bottom line, and we talked to uh, to Chairman Watley about this. Sam Irvin's a Democrat. He's a Democrat. Yeah. And when, it, when we were referring more to the NAACP versus the Moore case, mm-hmm. but if you remember, they wanted the two Republicans to recuse themselves, and that would have given them a 4-1 majority. And I asked the, the chairman, okay, a 4-3 majority isn't good enough for you? Some, it, it appears to me that somebody has got some inside baseball information here that Sam Jimmy Irvin, Sam Irvin's grandson, that he is going that they they think he's going to side with the republicans in this Uh, it it would have to be because in my opinion and i won't ask uh (laughs) i want to ask keith to comment on this but i I think it's a bad move because if you say that you're if you're republican judges uh they're the ones that make the decision whether they need to be recused or not then you, you shouldn't just point and say hey your guy can't make the this is <laughs> ridiculous i mean it's a statewide I, I, office yeah i don't i don't like that personally. I, I i can't see that going anywhere mm-hmm. interestingly enough tom for 140 years gerrymandered maps were fine oh yeah oh yeah yeah when it when it helps <laughs> again hypocrisy when it helps the democrats no problem when it helps the republicans <laughs> you can't do that Anyway, stay tuned on 103.7 for Keith Kidwell. Uh, Tax Talk begins tonight, and uh, you'll hear it throughout the the tax season. So uh, not a pleasant subject, but it's one we got to deal with. we got to run. See you tomorrow at 5. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.